living a plant-based lifestyle, vegan lifestyle is important. It's a part of who I am, but there's also a whole other aspect about living a more compassionate lifestyle to to help um, help the world be a, a less cruel place and uh, yeah, more positivity, bring more positivity to the world. Welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I'm your host, Pat McCauley. This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. This week's episode of the Eat Green, Make Green podcast is sponsored by Darwin Clothing. Darwin makes men's dress shirts and Henleys, and I'm telling you, when I bought my first Darwin dress shirt, I will not buy any other type of dress shirt. The fit makes me look good, makes me feel good. I can wear it tucked in. It doesn't come untucked. Um, I can wear it untucked. I just love everything about it. They are handmade in Boston's South End with the best high-quality fabrics, Um, The shirts literally make six to seven hours to make per shirt. I mean, it's an incredible product. If you care about how you look, which I do, uh, I want to look and feel my best at all times, then you need to check out Darwin Clothing. You can literally go to the website darwinclothing.us and shoot Peter, the owner, a text, and he will take care of you. I mean, there is no other buying experience that comes close to that. Um, They are unbelievably made shirts, and I really recommend that if you wear a suit every day or you are more of a Henley guy, that you go to darwinclothing.us and shoot Peter a message. At the very least, he'll give you more information. Amazing local brand. Okay, real quick before I give the intro, I just want to point out what I've noticed here in Singapore, the people and the government are very logical. When you present them with facts or they discover new knowledge, they seem to take action on the new knowledge. Riza here is a great example of that. He simply found veganism through YouTube and then watched some documentaries and then sat down his family and had them watch the videos and had them watch the documentaries And it's very clear once you educate yourself on this that, yes, eating meat and dairy causes harm to the environment. Yes, eating meat and dairy causes harm to other creatures. Yes, eating meat and dairy causes harm to your health. Um, It's very clear. And Riza and his family just took action based on that uh, knowledge. Um, You know, in the U.S., it seems like, and other parts of the world, we, a lot of us have the facts. We know uh, our diets cause, cause global warming. We know our diets cause health problems, but we can't match our actions with the knowledge we have. Um, so just something I'd like to point out, um, and I think it's a lesson for us back in the U.S. and elsewhere in the world that we have the knowledge. We, we have the facts. We have the data out there. Now let's have our actions actually you know, be aligned with with what we know. On this week's episode of the Eat Green, Make Green podcast, I sit down with Singaporean native Muhammad Riza. 
Riza is the third guest in a string of episodes done during my time in the fabulous country of Singapore. Riza, along with his mother Nora, is the creator of the popular Instagram account The Vegan Mum and Son, which is a fabulous destination for those seeking simple, home-cooked vegan recipes. Riza and Nora have also teamed up to form a local online vegan bakery business called The Vegan Bakes and Makes, where you can order on-demand vegan sweets like black bean cacao brownies and coconut lemon frosted carrot cake. My mouth is watering. We talk about Riza's journey growing up as an overweight kid, how every Singaporean male must serve in the military once they reach the age of 18, what triggered his switch to veganism, how you absolutely don't need dairy products to make outstanding baked goods, and what it's like being vegan in the Muslim faith. Riza is really an amazing guy, and him and his mother are an extraordinary example of how the whole family can benefit from and be brought closer through a plant-based lifestyle. So without further ado, the baking whiz himself, Riza. All right, so we have Riza in the house here. Uh, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a great honor to be on your podcast. You know, after listening to Dan and Luke and uh, Mike speak, um, I'm really uh, excited to be on the podcast. Cool, cool. Thanks. Uh, and thank you for... So Riza and his mom took uh, me and my girlfriend Courtney out to dinner last night to a nice little uh, Indian spot, and we had some nice authentic uh, vegan dishes last night so thank you to both you and your mom your mom was awesome and i want to talk about your whole instagram account with with your mom later on but um uh i want to start just for everybody i got you know a pretty good sense of your background um last night when we were out to dinner but could you give me uh kind of the backstory you know growing up in singapore this is cool because so this is the third uh Singapore podcast, as you just mentioned, and but you're really the only one that uh, I guess is truly Singaporean, yeah. Um, at least, or has lived in Singapore, you know, your whole life. So I'd love to just get kind of like growing up, your backstory, uh, maybe what food and culture was like growing up, and right. that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah, so um, born and bred in Singapore. Uh, I was born on uh, 1987. I was uh, raised, my, I guess food-wise, my grandma was the one who had a real influence uh, in my life. She was the one always doing the cooking, brought me up. Um, so my mom was always working at that point of time, and uh, my grandma was always the one looking after me. So, you know, um, we had a lot of uh, traditional Malay food that was... Um, a lot of, um, I would say, quite oily and um, uh, lots of meat. Uh, every day there was always meat, yeah. uh, fish, you know, typical uh, Malay food. Um, but when I was growing up, my, my weight was still okay. Um, I was, um, but when I got to like primary school, that would be like primary four, primary five, primary six. Um, so what what age is that? Just because it, it works oh, different um, kind of in the US, what age are you? I guess there would be a junior high. Junior, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. junior high. Okay. I think so, yeah. So um, I, my weight started to creep up mm. because um, my grandma's type of food and then my dad, uh, my stepdad actually, he started to come into my life and um, I started to be introduced to uh, Western food. 
So when uh, my mom started dating my dad at that point of time, I used to come over and we had like uh, weekend brunches where he would cook like waffles with liverwurst and pate and all that, mm. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff. So um, like I used to binge out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was a. Uh, it was my first time like being exposed to that sort of food, and like he was very happy. He was a my my dad's a great cook, um, uh, and and he enjoyed cooking. So that's his way of expressing his love. So I I just ate and ate and ate, and my mom was happy that I was happy. So eventually, yeah, I I blew up. I got overweight. Um, that was in primary school, and then when I got to secondary school, which I I guess is um high school, senior high. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. I was um, in Singapore. We have this thing called the Tough Club, which is the Trim and Fit Club. I'm not sure whether they have it anymore in the in the school system now. But um, I I I was um, how, how do I say this? I was um, like I guess forced to join. All, mm. all those kids were obese or overweight. Yeah. Because uh, the government was trying to get all the kids fit and healthy. So that that was that. And then. Um, like uh, those kids who who were overweight or obese, they had to do like extra rounds or after school, mm-hmm. they they will bring us for hikes and stuff around Singapore. So that was that. Um, so that was in high school. So uh, I can't remember the age exactly what yeah, age yeah. Th- uh, that happened in, but I guess I was I I continued to be overweight up to like secondary three. Um, that uh, secondary school there's uh, like four years express and five years I, I was under the five years uh, stream in mm-hmm. the school system so up to sec three um, I started to change the way I eat and I went on this uh, ridiculous bread and cheese diet yeah. <laughs> yeah and I lost so much weight like I, I was like adamant about losing weight I was tired of being obese and and yes. all that on, on a bread and cheese diet yeah, yeah. Uh, no well, before that um, I, oh, I yeah, went yeah. on that diet to like lose weight and stuff okay. and yeah, yeah. I I know my mom will remember like every night I would exercise no matter what in my room sweat, sweat it like crazy uh, and I lost a bunch of weight and you know I didn't really think about nutrition at the point of time I was just like trying to restrict my calories I didn't even the word calories didn't even come to my mind it's just that I, I just wanted to limit the amount of food that I eat. Mm. So um, I lost a bunch of weight uh, then. And um, at that point of time, I guess I wasn't seeing my grandma as uh, often as I used to. So during uh, Hari Raya, when, um, at that point of time, my grandma and my late granddad, they were living in Malaysia in uh, Johor Bahru. They have a house there. So we'd come over like every year or, um, to visit them. And when my grandma saw me, she told my mom like I got so skinny that I looked like a drug addict and she got freaked out yeah and to me I was like oh I look fine so yeah I I didn't know and are you like are you actually like really skinny or are you just thinner than you normally are oh I was I I, to me I look fine but like to everyone else who saw me who hasn't seen me for a long time yeah yeah. they thought that I I like I look like totally different person yeah yeah so yeah, that was when I was still uh, not vegan yet. Um, so what was what was kind of the driving force behind you wanting to lose weight? Was it just kind of like social pressure? Uh, I would say like, I don't know, I guess I was getting um, self-conscious about the way I look as I yeah, yeah. You know, started to 
notice girls and all that at that age. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I just wanted to look good for myself, and um, yeah, I didn't want to be self-conscious anymore. It's like um, it, it got so bad that I don't think my mom knows about this, but um, I was supposed I was supposed to go for swimming classes in secondary school, but I was so self-conscious about myself that. Um, I delayed the application process yeah. until it got full, so that I didn't have to yeah. <laughs> apply for the swimming yeah. classes. So yeah. that that's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah so <coughs> yeah, so um, up to this day, I'm still not a very strong swimmer. <laughs> 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 so kids, don't be self-conscious. Just yeah. go there and do do your stuff, man. Yeah, just, yeah. Just chase your dreams. Cool. So. Yeah. Uh, secondary school and then so something that's different here in Singapore mm-hmm. when you hit uh, 18 mm-hmm. so when you finish secondary school you're so um, after secondary school we yeah. enter tertiary education okay. uh, so that would be some of us will go to um, the junior colleges yep. so where, that's where they do their A-levels yeah. um, so how old are you like 16 17 um yeah, I think 16. Yeah. Yeah, 16. So um, some will go to junior colleges, um, some will go to polytechnics, mm-hmm. um, others will go to maybe like uh, Millennia Institute. It's it's like a longer version of junior college uh, okay. to, to get apply for their A-level, uh, to t- seat for their A-level exams. Yeah, and that's two years? Uh, is it three? Uh, three years, I believe. Okay. Yeah, three years. Well, for Polytechnic, I'm not sure about JC and uh, Millennia Institute, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I did my diploma at uh, Polytechnic. That was three years. Um, I took a diploma in uh, chemical process technology, um, specialized in industrial chemistry. And um, after that, I I was uh, conscripted into the army. Yeah, so this is... So every male citizen in Singapore is required to, to do this, right? Yeah, every able-bodied uh, man. So 18 years old and you're required two years two years of service? Um, it depends. Some like For me, I serve uh, one year, 10 months. Like For those people um, who are like not physically fit already, so they have to enter extra early. And then for those who are doing fine, who are, f- uh, who are fit, then they get a two-month exemption. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll... You'll go, you'll get tested, like uh, do your medical and all that, make sure you're fit. Um, then they'll, they'll either put you to, through the military, police or the civil defense. So civil defense is like the, the firefighters and the paramedics yep. and all yep. that. Yeah. So I, I did, um, I was in the service side in the army. Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether you're familiar with the quartermaster. No. company quartermaster so they are in charge uh, basically of the stores or supplies rations and all gotcha. that yeah. okay so i was uh, attached to different uh, units during my time like um, i served with combat engineers infantry and uh, yeah. service uh, side and what's it like uh, is it pretty intense or uh, f- a lot of people like to say that the service side is more chill out. You know, you don't have to like be outfield all the time under the sun doing uh, strenuous like missions and all that. Because I've heard stories from friends who are like in the commandos, who are naval in the naval diving unit or yeah. guardsmen. Man, those like guys, special forces type stuff. Um, I wouldn't say 
uh, as far as special, yeah, as higher yeah. level as uh, special forces, but it's really intense. It's it's insane. Yeah. Like um, I had a friend who was in uh, armor recce, and the thought, the type of training that they have to go to, like go through, like they will literally throw them in the jungle with a compass and well, like maybe limited res- rations. Yeah. So they have to like really stretch out and uh, ration out their food and water and they'll, they'll like have to go in the wild and hunt. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's and you and you did, you mentioned you did some traveling during this time, right? So yeah. you're, they uh, send you out to different countries around here that yeah. you kind of work with. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I went to Brunei for training. I was attached to the infantry uh, company at that point of time. So yeah, I, I helped support the activities. So my job was um, like different, I guess, different vocations in the unit. Like for me, I'm supply. So my main task is to resupply them at different areas. So I have to be, I have to know my stuff in terms mm. of navigation and all that. Yeah. And like keeping track of uh, their supply and um, the supply route and all that. All things related to res- resupplying. Mm. Like, um, I also did some, like, um, there's this thing called underslung where we hook up supplies to a chopper. We have to set up the cargo nets and all that. So in, in the army, you, not only that you, you learn how to be responsible and, you know, you, you're learning how to protect the nation. That's what they're setting us up yeah. for. Because yeah, right. uh, we, our, I guess our regular army personnel isn't big, so they rely heavily on the civilians as well. Yep. So after we... We um what they call it uh, ORD, which is our operationally ready date. That's when we after we finish our two years of service, then we are we ORD. Then they will call us back for subsequent uh, trainings, like once um two weeks in in a year or something like that to call yeah. us back. Yeah. So two years, and they call you back once a year for like a two week period to kind of keep you you know refreshed or whatever, or keep you updated on your training that yeah. sort of thing. That's right. So what is uh, so during this time? What's like food like? What what do they what do they serve in the army? Well, I know in the U.S. Army it's pretty much garbage. <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's like school lunch. Uh, right? Yeah, it's it's hit hit and miss. Uh, I would say because um, they they have different uh, food contractors that prepare the food at different camps. So some camps are better than others. It yeah. depends. Yeah. Um, the the camp that I'm currently uh, doing my reserve is at it's uh, it's pretty good. Like yeah. um, I go for the, the there's normally Chinese, uh, non-Muslim food, Muslim food, uh, vegetarian Indian and vegetarian Chinese food. Yeah, and um, I always go for the vegetarian Indian food, and um, like I don't disclose to them like I'm vegan or something. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, but they I guess they're not so strict about um, why they will ask me, but. I, I, the, the cookhouse auntie, because um, when I was there, my first in camp, I wasn't really sure how the system would work, who I would have to go to, to like um, ask about food and all that. So, yeah. So I just um, quietly go up to the messing warren who's in charge of the food at the cookhouse and uh, which one's the vegetarian uh, Indian food? Where is it? Because it's different from the main yeah. line. So I had to go to a separate line. And then uh, when I was about to take the, the vegetarian food, then this auntie, this uh, tiny short lady, <laughs> but she's, well, you know, uh, when they, they say that, you know, um, small people, they, in Singapore, they say it's like small, but like, like chili padi. That's a local th- 
chili padi is like this bird size small chili like you are short but you are really yeah, yeah. fiery person because yeah. to make up for <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah. height thing yeah uh, absolutely yeah so that uh, the auntie came up to me and said hey why are you doing uh, taking the vegetarian uh, food are, are you a vegetarian uh Uh, yeah, because um, um, doctor said uh, I have a cholesterol problem. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Blame it, blame it on a health issue, yeah, right? So Say you're allergic or something, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like, oh, poor boy. It's like you're so young and you have a cholesterol problem already. So yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, it's, yeah. it's easier for me that way because um, army is um, I, I guess if you can do things uh, fast and. I don't know. It's because it was my first time, so I didn't really like want to make a big issue of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, totally. And it's like, yeah. you know, you you don't want to stand out in any way. You're just trying to blend in and do your part, right, yeah. and uh, not cause a scene. Cool. So, uh, so you get out of out of your two years there, and you start doing what? Uh, so after that, I did uh, university. Um, mm-hmm. I studied at the University of Western Australia. They had a campus here in Singapore. I think they still do have it here. Um, I studied pharmaceutical science, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I did that for I did that f- uh, part time for four years, uh, and then yeah, I graduated. And that during when I was studying uh, that that was when um, I discovered veganism. Yeah. So uh, tell us about that. Tell us. How you discovered it, um, and and you know why why you chose to stick with it and whatnot. Cool. So um, at that point of time, I was, I, I okay. The thing is, I was always into health and fitness, but I wasn't like a competitive sort of person. So I, it's more of a individual type of thing. Like I wanted to look good, feel good, and you know, it it helps my. Um, helps my um, self-esteem I guess yeah and you know, health and all that yeah so I I watched a lot of uh, YouTube fitness channels um, like whenever I had the chance because I was trying to learn more about um, uh, bodybuilding yeah because I, w- I was doing a lot of uh, calisthenics at home like I had a yoga mat then I did my push-ups my sit-ups my jumping jacks and all that I was yeah I was telling myself, oh, no, I, I, I don't want to lift weights. You know, I just want to lean, uh, be lean and, yeah, and right. all that. And I didn't really have a great understanding about fitness and calisthenics. Like, I, I know like guys now, they do calisthenics, all those bar stars, they are jacked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that was something that I didn't know uh, back then. So um, I, I was doing mo- mostly just bodyweight exercises. Then one night, um, my mom was talking to me then she said hey, you know um dad said that um you you kind of look skinny but with muscles with a bit of muscle then i told my mom what i look skinny no i don't want to be looking skinny <laughs> anymore <laughs> so uh that's when i started to try to um work out more with uh lifting weights and all that i started yeah. going to the gym so i, I had time to do that And um, so, yeah, like I said, I was watching a lot of YouTube fitness channels yeah. and there was this uh, one YouTuber, he's a CEO of a nutrition company in the US and he's he's a very um, uh, colorful guy. He's mm-hmm. very loud mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. Um, then he was making fun of this YouTuber from Australia who's a, who was vegan, which I didn't know uh, back, uh, back then. So I decided to check out this uh, Aussie guy's um, 
vegan YouTube channel. Yeah. His, um, his name is Durian Rider. I'm sure those people who are aware uh, about the um, YouTube uh, vegan scene, they, they know who he is. Yeah, um, right. Harley Johnstone. He's, he's a controversial figure. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I learned about veganism through him. I, I was very intrigued about the way uh, he lived, um, what his message. Yeah. So I, I watched a bunch of his videos. Then I watched um, his girlfriend. Uh, uh, her name was... Uh, her name is Freely the Banana Girl. Mm-hmm. She had a YouTube channel as well, which was growing. So I got really hooked at, about watching them. But a- apart from just watching the lifestyle and like also they, they, they do talk about um, the ethics, a bit of the ethics. Then uh, I discovered other uh, YouTubers who were uh, talking about um, veganism as well um, and sharing their vegan lifestyle and um, what was going on in the animal agriculture industry and how it was terrible for the environment. But uh, apart from just fitness and lifestyle, I, I also wanted to learn more about the, um, whether it's really healthy. Is it, is it something that's um, sustainable? Yeah. So I watched a bunch of uh, TEDx talks by like, the likes of Dr. Neil Barnard, um, mm-hmm. Esselstyn, uh, yeah. Campbell, um, all, all, all those uh, plant-based doctors. And of course, uh, nutritionfacts.org. Man, I was... Uh, apart from watching yeah. the YouTube fitness channels, nutritionfacts.org was my jam. I used to watch <laughs> it all yeah. the time. It still is for me. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. That's, that's got to be the best resource. For those listening, I know I've mentioned it numerous times, mm-hmm. uh, nutritionfacts.org just gives you all the real science uh, surrounding food. Um, so, yeah. So... Stumbled upon nutritionfacts.org. Yeah. You're listening to Neil Bernard, Esselstyn, these big, mostly U.S. doctors. Yeah. Yeah. US and, uh, and then you, you realize it's very much something you can thrive doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. <clears throat> as then, you know, about the link with uh, diet and uh, all those diseases of affluence like cancer, diabetes, yeah. heart disease, or. All, all those that can be prevented by diet, and I was wondering how come like no one was talking about all of this. Yeah. Even even the um, ethics, what goes on in animal agriculture industry, mm. how how the animals have to suffer, and um, it, it was something that I was I was it blew my mind away how much I was uh, finding, how yeah. much I learned about um, all of this from YouTube, and on top of that, I I checked out um, documentaries. A uh, bunch of um, movies like uh, Earthlings of one of them, of course. Then there's like the Fox Over Knives and yep. Cowspiracy and um, yep. Seaspiracy. Seaspiracy. I, I, have you heard about that? No, I Seaspiracy. Haven't. Yeah, no. there 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 are a few um, free documentaries that I I've stumbled upon on uh, YouTube. So yeah. So, do you change overnight? Like, what's the you know, you kind of are discovering all this. Is it a slow transition or, or how does it, did you jump right in? What's uh, going on? So at that point in time, like um, I, my mom and I were relatively eating pretty healthy, like um, so-called healthy. Are we eating like salmon and quinoa and yeah. salads and all that? Um, so diet-wise, the switch was very easy. It's like um, the, the thing is I set my parents down. Yeah. Uh, watch to watch all the presentations from the plant-based doctors mm. um, and all those documentaries that um, that I watched as well about the ethics and the environment, uh, environmental aspects of veganism. So they, they pretty much agreed that it was um, something that's um, pretty logical to do. So 
um, especially my mom, she was on board. Uh, my dad is, um, he's, I would say, uh, vegan-ish. Yeah, the guys are yeah. tough, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, same with my dad. They, yeah. It's tough. I don't know why. Guys are just tougher to mm. kind of get to. Women seem to be more open to it. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, women, they feel more, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> more, a little yeah. more compassion, right? Yeah. yeah. But my my dad's uh, he's awesome. He although he's like not hundred f- percent vegan, but he whenever he gets the chance, he he likes yeah. to tell people about veganism. Yeah, and he, cool. He's very proud that my mom and I are vegan as well. So mm. Mm. so uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Cool. So yeah. uh, so pretty easy switch since you were you know eating relatively well at that time. Yeah. And your mom was you mentioned your mom was vegetarian at the time. Oh um. She, yeah, or she, or uh, pescatarian. Pes- she yeah, went so pescatarian. She's eating, she's yeah, eating fish, yeah. I, I guess that was when ever since she start she watched Earthlings at one point of time and yeah, she started to cut out meat and I didn't even know about it when I asked her, hey, how come you didn't tell me about that? It's like, huh, why I didn't feel like I did. I have <laughs> yeah. to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't. And then you discovered it and you you told told her right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I only found found out like she was pescatarian like a few like last yeah. week or something. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> so, so all right. So you make the switch. What does it do? What does it do for you? What does it do? What, let's focus on, on on the health side. Right. Uh, what does it do for you? How um, does it change you? Okay. One thing that was um, pretty clear that um, it had a impact on me was my acne. Like I, I used to have pretty bad acne since uh, polytechnic. I used to be on the drug called um, Oritane or Accutane. Accutane, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the famous uh, vegan YouTubers, um, Brian Turner, he he suffered from severe acne, like cystic acne deep, deep under the skin. And when he switched to the vegan plant-based diet, then um, his acne started to clear up. And yeah. It, yeah, same for me, you know. Um, uh, I still do get acne. I, I'm not like uh, like your skin pet. It's yeah. uh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I I still suffer from acne, but it's it's very uh minimal. I would say compared to last time, it's more jawline kind of acne. But um yeah, acne. Um, what else? I mm, personally, I I guess that's the only most obvious health uh, impact that it has on me but yeah. like for my mom she used to not be able to walk up the stairs like and she wasn't she didn't have any like weight problem back then M- maybe um she was heavier than what she is now like now yeah. now her weight has um no, uh, normalized now yeah. but she used to have pretty bad joint pains uh, in her knees and uh, ever since she made the switch, she can like go up, down the stairs, yeah. brisk and all that, no problem. Yeah. She, she's not like really into like heavy, intense st- sort of fitness. She's more yeah. of the um, uh, steady state, you know, mm-hmm. brisk walk and that yeah. sort of stuff. But yeah, that she um, no more knee pain. Oh yeah, one more thing. I used to get um, angina, chest pains, mm, yeah. and I had no idea why I I always got them, um, but. I made the switch and um, hardly ever get chest pains anymore. Yeah, I used to I used yeah. to get like heartburn and stuff too, ah, okay. um, and that all went away for me too. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool, cool. So you're experiencing some benefits. How, how quickly are, do you kind of see these changes taking place? Would you say? Mm, I, I guess 
gradually. I, I didn't really keep track like as to when it really happened, maybe. Um, but when when I noticed like maybe a month, maybe? Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. So you talked about earlier about like restricting calories and trying to lose weight kind mm-hmm. of <clears throat> when you're, you know, 16, 17 years old. And we went out to dinner last night, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the beauty of a plant-based diet. Like, you had a lot of food. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, you know, you're sitting here, you're a very fit dude, yeah. right? And, you know, you ate a lot of food. And a lot of people think they're going to, like, starve themselves, you know, when they switch to a plant-based diet. Yeah. And it's just not the case. You can actually eat, like, three times as much, you know? Yeah. Um, and you're, you're fuller, you're more satiated. So, um has that kind of your worrying around like how many calories you consumed has that kind of subsided uh yeah i i don't count calories anymore i i used to be on because i was still into bodybuilding now yeah. now i'm I, I just lift weights for like fun just to keep up my strength and yeah. my, just maintain my physique Although my physique is like average, I'm still trying to build it up. But uh, calorie wise, like I, I don't keep track anymore. I used to like track it by macros. I I was on, yeah. on the My Fitness Pal app. Mm-hmm. I was really into that. Like weighed out my food, like cooked in bulk, then weighed down, portioned it out, uh, meal prep and all that. Yeah, my mom knows all about this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I even got her to try out My Fitness Pal, <laughs> and she she tracked her macros as well. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh yeah, calories. I I don't really um think much about it. I just think about eating a variety of whole plant foods as much as I can. I mean, when I first started started out um because of my fitness spell, I was eating relatively like so called clean. Yeah. Now um because I socialize more, so I eat out and um I I, I experiment more with uh, so called the vegan uh, plant based meats. Yeah. Um. The like in the in the store, but oh, this looks interesting. So I, I just want to try and make a dish out of it yeah. because even um, like eating whole foods, plant based is very important for health. But ultimately, I still want to be able to like veganize traditional dishes so mm-hmm. that my friends and family like don't think, oh my god, this guy eats so healthy. Like I, I don't think I can ever be vegan. Yeah. So that that's what I'm trying to do with my with baking as well. Yeah. Um. Like I, I used to be an avid baker when I was younger. In in poly, I, I always like bake stuff for fun and just uh, share it with my friends. Yeah. So, um, uh, when I went vegan, I stopped. Yeah. Because like I was so into health, then I, I'm thinking, oh, baked goods, nah, not healthy. Yeah. There's probably no way to make it healthy yeah. or even close to healthy, right? <laughs> Is what you thought probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like even now, if you if you browse the internet for vegan recipes, like there's so many things like refined sugar free or low refined sugar free, gluten free. Yeah. All all that good stuff. Um, but I'll. Ultimately, like, um, I still want to be able to appeal to non-vegans, so um, I want to make something that's conventional, that's that's um, so-called recognizable to them. So yeah, that, something they're used to. Yeah. yeah, so it doesn't seem so alien, and they, so they'll, they'll actually give it a go. Yeah, cool. So, so, yeah. so perfect, perfect little segue mm. there. So tell us about uh, the whole vegan mom and son thing. Okay. Uh, which I think is really cool because uh, my first kind of client that I worked with was my own mom, uh, transitioning her to a plant-based diet. Cool. And 
I've seen, you know, over the, it's probably been like eight months, 10 months now, uh, that she's been kind of fully vegan. Wow. And, uh, it's just so cool to see like all the medications gone, you know, her weight normalizing, Mm -hmm. just sleeping better, more energy, like all these positive things. Um, and it just, uh, you know, it impacts everybody else in my family, which is really cool. Um, and just, uh, Makes the whole family better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about the vegan mom and son. Beautiful, yeah. So, by the way, what I'm referring to is um, uh, Riza and his, his mom, Nora, are known as the vegan mom and son on kind of social media channels. Instagram, you guys are big on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you take it away. Sure. So uh, the vegan mom and son, so, um, uh, our Instagram page but um, actually, most of the food is my food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's the one. Uh, when I got first started uh, Instagram, um, I thought, oh, it's an interesting platform. You know, I, I enjoyed cooking a lot. And um, I didn't really take photos of my food, like share. And this was before I was a uh, vegan. So I was, I was making certain dishes and I was posting it on Instagram. And oh, so people liked it and people commented. Then um, you... you like I, I found the aspect of connecting with someone from from another part of the world very cool. Then yeah. you get to learn yeah. about their dishes and stuff. So uh, when I first started off Instagram, I wasn't vegan. But eventually after I switched to vegan, um, I deleted all my old photos. <laughs> yeah. And I started upload. I started to see what uh, what vegans ate. Basically, um, that's what I was using Instagram for, just to check out what other people were eating as as vegans. And um, but uh, it was very, um, I would say, a lot of um, uh, people. When when people think about Instagram, when I thought about Instagram and veganism, I always thought about banana smoothies or oat. Oat, uh, oatmeal and all that like nothing really like traditional um, Asian dishes yeah so um, that, that was when I first started uh, oh by the way my mom she actually has a separate account Javanese veg- underscore vegan that's her account yep. yeah um, the reason why is um, I was such a perfectionist that uh, I told her to get her own separate account that she, so that she can <laughs> post her own food. It's yeah. so like she would ask me, um, oh, is this photo uh, nice enough to put on the account? I said, mm, can you try <laughs> another photo if you have? She said, okay, never mind. She just So she created an, a separate yeah. account. So these are mostly recipes, yeah? Mostly uh, your recipes that you're either putting your own spin on or getting from somewhere else and making or... Yeah, more or less. Um, yeah. I, I didn't really like create recipes on my own. At that point of time, I was basically um, emulating what people were doing just to try it yeah. out and then uh, make it look nice, make it look appealing, then sharing it. Um, then if people were to ask for the recipe, then I'll, I'll share the link with them or... Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was when I first started out. Um, yeah, I, I just love sharing food and... When we went vegan, let me tell you, my mom, she had a very, um, she knew how to cook a bunch of, uh, a few Malay dishes. Yeah. And she stuck to them and she was really good at them. But when you ask her to cook something else, like she'll have trouble or like, um, I guess her confidence in the kitchen wasn't there yet. Yeah. And when both of us went vegan, our repertoire in the kitchen expanded. Like we were exploring different ingredients, uh, trying out different things that we never even think about using. Yeah. What's 
was really fun. Yeah, yeah even now. Yeah. It, it, it's funny, right? Like, everybody thinks you're going to be restricting yourself mm-hmm. when you switch to a vegan diet. And, like, when you think about, like, meat and dairy, like, there aren't that many items, you know? There's, like, chicken, there's steak, there's, you know, pork, there's, and then there's, like, milk, there's cheese. Like, there's, there really isn't that much. But yeah. when you get into the world of the fruits and the vegetables and the grains and the, I mean, there's so much. Yeah. There's so much cool things that most of us go the majority of our lives never really exploring because we're so, you know, meat yeah. and meat and dairy uh, focused, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's funny how once you start looking for those things, those plant-based things, you realize how much awesome stuff is out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, it's it's amazing, like exploring all the different stuff. And if, if you people really think about it, like most meat is seasoned with uh, what spices and herbs and all those are yeah, plant with plants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need plants to make the meat taste good, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've obviously been following you for a while, and like amazing looking, especially the baked goods are like oh. insane. <laughs> like Thank they you. look just incredible. So you, uh, how, just to kind of, uh, a lot of, a lot of people, um, specifically when it comes to baking will ask me about eggs, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like replacing dairy and like changing, you know, some other stuff you use is pretty straightforward. There's, there's substitutes. You can get vegan butter and things like that. Um, but when it comes to the egg, like the binding thing in like a lot of these recipes, people seem to have trouble with. Um, first, what do you do for the egg in a lot of these recipes, kind of that, that binding agent Mm -hmm. and how hard is it hard to cook, you know, amazing, you know, chocolate cakes and all these things, you know, not using dairy products. Well, um, no, it's not difficult. First, (laughs) first of all, um, like, um, Eggs depends on what recipe you're talking about. If yeah. you're just talking about cakes, then uh, you can go for bananas or applesauce, um, flax eggs. Just ground up some yeah. flax seeds, um, yeah. let it sit in water, and you get uh, the same consistency of, like an egg. Mm-hmm. But um, if some people are more concerned about, um, like uh, maybe if they want to make a, something airy, like a, a chiffon cake or a sponge. Um, they just have to like maybe whip up some aquafaba, you know the chickpea juice, mm-hmm. canned juice, and yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't really used it in the recipe, but I I tried to I I whipped it up for. It takes a while to whip up the the chickpea juice, and it, it like it literally becomes like egg whites. You know when you whip it up and it, it gets foamy and it forms stiff peaks. You you can achieve the same thing. Yeah, sure. It's, so sure. it's um it's it's not uh difficult you just have to do your research and um you'll f- there are so many recipes you can find online it's very yeah. easy yeah. and now so you have um what's the actual bake site people can go and buy baked goods from you okay so the uh the bake site is the the vegan bakes and mix like the letter n mm-hmm. and mix um that was created by my girlfriend cherish who I'm, I met from Animal Allies, which, um, I guess we can t- talk about more later. Uh, so she, 
she noticed that you no, know, I I love to bake for for people. I I like to experiment in the kitchen. So she was telling me, why well, why don't you why don't I just help you set up a page where you can uh, yeah put up listings of the type of uh, baked goods you want to sell. Then um, she she handles all the admin side and the uh, um, finance side, all the transactions and. Um, people just have to uh, go through the page. It's on a uh, carousel. See, mm-hmm. carousel is a uh, like kind of like a, I don't know what you have in the US, like Craigslist or Kijiji. Yeah, some sort of uh, platform to sell things on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. A- anyone can sell like whatever they want on there. So yeah, apparently you can put uh, baked goods as well. So yeah, she set it up for for me. So my mom and um, and. My mom and I, we are the ones who are doing the baking. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and you're just yeah. selling locally, I would assume, yeah? Yeah, just locally. Yeah, so we're, cool. we're still experimenting, starting small. Like, we only have uh, three listings on the yeah, website yeah. now, and only one of them is available, which is the carrot cake. Yeah. Yeah. So far, the the response has been pretty good. Um, we're, st- we're, we're always accepting uh, feedback from our whoever has tried our cakes to yeah. constantly improve. Yeah. yeah, and are you getting mostly vegan people or are you getting some people oh. interested in, you know, are you are you showing some people around here how good, you know, vegan cakes can be and whatnot? Yeah, or? yeah. So, um, Cherish, let me tell you, she is amazing at PR. Like, yeah. she, she got her friends to try <laughs> out the cake. Uh, like, uh, her, her colleagues, they're, they're really sweet. So, she she brought them to, to the office and let them try it. Um, and and the and the feedback was uh, generally pretty good. Like sure, the, uh, some of them said that, like uh, it's different, but uh, nothing negative. But yeah. um, a lot a lot of uh, positive feedback that I I can work on. And um, yeah, so far the response has been good from from my colleagues. Uh, other than that, I, I've I've had less than uh, ten orders, but more will be coming. I I guess. Um, but uh, it, it's been it's been good so far. Um, cool. Good response. Not non-vegans, uh, her colleagues. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so can we expect some... Is the dream for you some sort of uh, vegan bakery in Singapore oh, here? Oh, man. <laughs> A bakery... I, honestly speaking, like, I, I'm i not really into doing business. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't okay. have the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. mindset. Like, yep. I, I enjoy... I've always... Uh, told myself that you know i just want to do this as a hobby i don't want to make yeah. it into a business and stress gotcha. myself yeah, out gotcha. but you know when you keep doing it then you get better at it and people new people come into your life and yeah they they inspire you just like my girlfriend and some of the people at my allies it's like you know it, it, it's possible I, I maybe i can do this but the F&B business in Singapore, um, the number one killer is rental. The rental yeah, here is absolutely. really yeah. high. Like, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but so I, I will see uh, restaurants, uh, like vegetarian restaurants in Singapore, the turnover is, um, is quite fast sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> the rental is pretty high. So f- f- just for now, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll stick to uh, home bakes, but who knows yeah. in the future? We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Cool. So can we touch on, so you mentioned when we were out to dinner that you're fasting on Sunday. Right. Right. So you're a Muslim. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, A, is that is that common in Singapore? Is that a common religion? And B, how does 
every every religion, every uh, culture even has like their foods that they eat at the holidays and for uh, religious um, ceremonies and things like that, right? Every religion has like a, a certain food that you eat on a certain day, right. uh, or at least you know something that most uh, people eat. So is is veganism in kind of the Muslim world a thing at all, mm-hmm. or are you like is that very different? Is it is it very different than kind of the the customs that go along with the religion? Right. Yeah, so the the fasting thing is um it's for the month of Ramadan, which is the the holy month in the Muslim calendar. So we do that um to remind ourselves to uh, about the people who are less fortunate, you know, um to be grateful about what we have. Um, basically, um, try and remind ourselves that you know there are people who are less fortunate, and um it, it's also about being uh, mindful about your what you speak to be kind to um everything related to being more um passion not passion compassionate i guess compassionate yeah yeah. to other people and to yourself and to be mindful about your language so it's not just about abstaining from food but it's also um it's a whole mind body and spirit kind of thing Mm. um um, in terms of food, I guess, like y- you mentioned during like um, holidays. Um, so after the mo- holy month of Ramadan, where we fast from sunset to sunlight, um, uh, after the 30 days of fasting, there, there will be the Hairaya um, Ideal Fitri, which is, um, they call it Eid in some countries. Um, so for the Malay culture, the, um, it's uh it's pretty meat heavy I would say like um the traditional Malay dishes yeah uh, but uh there's a lot of chicken beef mutton yeah. and all that prawns but um my grandma when we visit her she she's been awesome uh, since um, the first time she knew that we were we had gone vegan yeah um like she accommodated to us and we still get to enjoy the flavors of uh food. Yeah, that's normally being served during Hari Raya. Yeah, she did like uh, you know, like whine at us. You know, why do you have to do this? You know, like um, you know, I I'm still healthy and I eat anything, but she she she's on medication. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, food wise, cool. it, it's been awesome because my grandma has been very accommodating. Yeah. Um, in terms of um veganism and Islam, well um. Let me just uh, say this uh, to begin with. Uh, in Islam, um, in in the Quran, mm-hmm. there's um, it's it's permissible for for us to like eat meat and all that. It's it's in the it's in the Quran. So, yeah. um, as a Muslim, I would say that if you want to be a vegan, you you cannot say that it's wrong to eat animals, which is very controversial. If, yeah, yeah. If um, if you talk to an abolitionist vegan, they they will I think they will think that you know what the hell is this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's not acceptable, you know. So they they don't want to deal with Muslims, or they don't want to even try and uh, talk to. I guess like Muslims. Yeah. Um, because you know, some. Um, because of the teachings of the Quran are yeah. uh, as such, but 
Um, there's a there's a growing number of Muslims uh, who are turning vegan because yeah. you know, um, like myself, we, we I, I I don't know I I guess this is what most Muslims are uh, thinking. How how do I thinking about veganism? Yeah. Um, animals these days are are treated cruelly. Yeah. Um, if the Prophet, peace be upon him, Muhammad, uh, was alive today and he saw what we were doing to the animals, how animal agriculture is destroying the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these are all God's creations. And um, what, how um, the food today has been changed so much and how it's affecting our health. Uh, you, have to, you have to wonder whether um, if he'd be vegan or not in, this, mm. in the world in this day and age. That's what I always tell my fellow uh, Muslims, like you have to see the bigger picture of what's going on in this world right now. Don't just live in that halal bubble. Yeah. Just because something is halal, it's permissible, then okay, I'm just going to eat it. Learn more about what's, what's, what's the food system that's uh, producing these sorts of uh, products, this animal, animal flesh that we are eating. No? It's, I, I don't think it's the same like back in the day. Like, you know, a lot of people, they like to say like in the cavemen, um, whatever, paleo, yeah, paleo yeah. like uh, they, they ate meat to survive and stuff. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think about it that way, you know, in this day and age, do we still have to eat meat to survive? Mm. Is it necessary? And um, even if it's, if it's, um, the Quran says it's okay, uh, you have to see the bigger picture, what it's doing to the rest of the world. Like, we're facing global warming. That's a serious issue. And it's not something a lot of Muslims, I don't know, in my circle think about. Yeah. So that's, that's the angle that I try to approach um, my, f- my friends or family if they ever ask about veganism. Mm. And um, you know, a lot of them agree that what, what I'm doing is, is fine. Like they, nobody has come up to me and said, no, you can't do this. You're wrong. Um, so, so for, I always try and approach it from a health and like environmental standpoint, but also ethics as well. I, I will touch on that um, because we have this thing called the korban in uh, in Islam, where um, uh, there's a hariraya haji. That's the time when uh, we sacrifice uh, an animal, whether it be a cow or or a goat. Mm-hmm. Or lamb, yeah. So, Singapore imports all um, animals, whether it's uh, in the form of, uh, uh, whether it's, okay, um, okay, we import pork, chicken, no, pigs, cows, and yeah, all those live animals. Um, so, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> Hang on, so. Uh, so you sacrifice an animal. Right? Yeah, okay, so we, yeah, so the Quran says, you know, it's, it's encouraged or it's permissible to sacrifice. But f- during, uh, I can't remember, two years in Singapore when we brought sheep from, I can't remember now, I should remember this, from different countries. I believe it was from Ireland or Australia. We flew the sheep into Singapore. Yeah. And when they got here, hundreds of them died because mm. they were in the plane and it got overheated and all of them just died. Mm. And to we, we're supposed to be like treating them 
just like human beings, you know, um, like give them water, give them, uh, give care towards them and all that. But during transportation, we brought them, we're, we're bringing them into Singapore to be like um, sacrificed on that holy day, the korban. And yet, this is the respect that we give to the animal. And I don't know what was the follow-up, but they, sure, they did investigations and they found out that, oh, uh, there was overheating in the plane. So that's why all the animals, just like 100 over of them died. And it's, it's so sad that this is the state that, that, um, that we're in. Like, we don't really care. Yeah. Like, there's no sense of justice. I, imagine if this were to happen to fellow humans... They will be in uproar, man. Mm. And like, there'll be like, people will be charged in court, thrown in jail. But when it comes to animals, it's it's a whole other story. Cool. So, religion, most religions are very much, uh, they come down to interpretation, right? Mm -hmm. So, just like you kind of talking about your diet and what's right and what's wrong or what's, or maybe it doesn't matter at all in... You know, what's in, uh, you know, your religion's teachings uh, may not be relevant to today and may need to be looked at in a different light, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everything's up to interpretation um, with any religion. So uh, being Muslim, um, obviously, it's a very, um, it's a very hot topic, you know, around the world due to, you know, um, the extremist kind of movement going on. Um, as a Muslim, what's your take on people interpreting your religion li like that mm -hmm. in kind of, um, you know, kind of justifying, um, hurting other human beings? Yeah. What's kind of your whole take on that whole, you know, th the modern kind of terror movement you mm -hmm. have with Islam? Yeah, um, it's it's very sad to see what's happening to Islam today um, with the um, the whole um, terrorism and uh, radical Islam and all that. Um, obviously, of course, I I don't agree with it. Um, I think it's wrong to harm another living another person or another being uh, unless it's in self defense. Um, I I really haven't looked into why this sort of thing is happening. My guess or from what I know, it's maybe because the West has been encroaching a lot into Middle Eastern countries with mm. um, things like drone strikes and the, um, you know, like the invasion of Iraq. And, you know, you always hear about um, bombings conducted by, I don't know, the, the nations from the West, that sort of thing. So um, I guess a lot of the people in that region are using that to fuel um, the hatred and, you know, uh, picking specific texts from the Quran and uh, translating it um, um, into their own, uh, uh, into a message of terror where, whereby they, they use it to like instill um, anger and rage into the Muslims in that area to... And they use the this, this text from the Quran to fuel this violence, and that's why you see so many terrorist bombings. In, not the thing is, a lot of people I don't know whether they're aware, but when they do these bombings in the Middle Eastern countries, they're actually killing their own Muslims. So that's it's it's really sad what what's happening, and um, um, y you 
in Singapore, you don't see that. Yeah. Of course. Um, the, because one, one thing is the government really has oversight about what is being uh, preached at in the mosque. And um, the, the thing is, Islam has... Uh, the rules in Islam, they call it Sharia law. Mm-hmm. Which is like um, the, some laws in Islam that um, that some Muslim countries they they really enforce it literally. Like I, I know places like Saudi Arabia are really strict about it. But when you compare it to different countries, like for example um, Malaysia or Indonesia, they they all all the. I, they have different different levels of strictness or, or how how much they apply the law. So, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's wrong. All this violence is going on, and um, yeah. But I guess you really have to look at why they are doing it, and yeah. So it's more like it's more like that region of the world, you know, is kind of looking for i mean you know uh western countries specifically the u.s has given them a reason to you know hate them really Mm -hmm. uh when you step back and look at it and um you know that area of the world uh happens to be you know a lot of muslim people live in that area of the world um and i think if that same thing happened to uh, a bunch of Catholics, you know, living in that area of the world, mm-hmm. um, that maybe they would have responded the same way and said, you know, and justified it um, through God somehow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so uh, it, it's interesting. It is probably um, less to do with the religion and more to do with, with what's just happened in that area of the world with war and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Cool. Um, so is there, having lived in Singapore your whole life, Mm -hmm. is there hope for, you know, the vegan movement here to get really big and really normal? And what's your take? What's the future look like in Singapore? Um, I definitely have, uh, I, I feel very positive about a vegan movement growing in Singapore. When when I look at Instagram and I, I believe that you know the kids youth are the future. Mm. So when I look at Instagram, I see a lot of uh, young Singaporeans um, uh, aware about veganism and they are getting on. Um, they are learning about veganism and they are they are going vegan and and um, you know kids are the future of the world and when they, when they are vegan they will probably spread the message in their own way or be a, a representative in their household or in their school a positive role model and um, it, it's going to grow for sure there's no stopping veganism and um, um, I'm, I'm very hopeful with um, what Animal Allies is doing uh, the things that we, that we are doing you know, currently um uh, we, we got a published paper in uh, in the Straits Times um, because a, a big university in Singapore, a local university, published about um, diabetes being and hypertension being lowered because of the yeah. di- um, milk consumption. But you know, when you look at other data from from um, from around the world, it's 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 quite different. So. Um, you know, we we have to keep fighting the good fight. Um, be positive. Try and um, 
trying to reach out not just from the ground level in the community level but also from the top down approach through the government so and uh no the the community is growing i i'm very hopeful like not in singapore but there's even a facebook page for like uh muslim vegans so it's i'm very hopeful um because uh veganism it can be controversial when uh, you're you're talking in a from a islamic point of view yeah but um yeah i'm very hopeful that um people are are being more aware they're being open minded and they they will change their mindset and and uh, affect people around them yeah cool so i get two more for you here sure um so somebody listening to this specifically, maybe um, someone in Singapore um, that is looking to uh, make a change in their lives for their health, or they want to, um, you know, have a bigger impact their their daily decisions uh, to have a bigger impact on, um, you know, preventing climate change or uh, more compassionate food decisions or whatever it may be. Somebody looking to make a positive change in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have for them? You know, where where do they start if there's somebody eating a, a typical, you know, Western slash, you know, Singapore diet, uh, heavy with, with meat and dairy? I mean, what's, what's the first step somebody should take to kind of get on the right path with this? Right. Um, I mean... I, first of all, I, I believe that they'll, they'll have to find the reason why they really want to do it. Mm. Like some people are doing it like for their health. I think health is the biggest factor, but you know, some people are doing it for ethics and all that. So you have to find out why you really want to pursue it. And then from there on, um, find a community that you can find support in. You know, that's, um, when I went vegan, um, I, I kind of isolated myself because I... I wasn't a very social person. Yeah. Um, but uh, thankfully, my mom was there to support my journey. We we like we we had each other's back, so that was that was really important in yeah. in our journey. But if you're doing it alone, you don't have to. You know, we have a growing vegan community in Singapore that's supportive, that can help you out to find out where you can get your vegan. Uh, things that are cruelty-free, vegan food, uh, personal care and cosmetics and all that. So uh, check out animalallies.sg. That's where we have all our free resources. We have WhatsApp groups where you can ask questions. Um, you know, if you're, if you're having uh, trouble dealing with social situations or issues, you need someone to talk to, we are there to, uh, to lend you a hand and uh, help you in your journey. Cool, cool. Well, before the last question, I just want to say thanks again uh, for your time, for being, you know, showing me around last night and getting to know you and kind of welcoming me in. And you were kind of the one that got me in touch with uh, all the other guys that I've interviewed and all the other people I've met here in kind of the vegan movement. So thank you for that. Um, And just keep on doing what you're doing because it's really cool, especially I think a lot of people relate to the the vegan mom and son. <laughs> uh, it just has that family feel, and you guys uh, are cooking just kick ass food that uh, anybody you know would love to eat, regardless of dietary restrictions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so people can find you at uh, the vegan mom and son on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, on Facebook as well. 
Uh, or under Riza? On yeah, Facebook? Uh, Facebook will be Riza Nora. It's a combined uh, account, a shared account between Riza my Nora. mom and me. Yeah. Cool, cool. So uh, thank you and thanks for being here. And I got one more for you. Sure. Um, my brand is called Eat Green, Make Green. I believe that eating green, eating plant-based, eating a vegan diet puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. Um, and that's how I kind of define the make green portion of that. So what does make green mean to you? Why do you live a plant-based lifestyle? Uh, why do you live a vegan lifestyle? Well, um, of course, the three reasons, health, for the environment, and for the animals. But when, um, when, when I talk about living a plant-based, a vegan lifestyle, that's just a part of who I am. In the, in the biggest sense, I want to try and lead a more compassionate life and not just um, towards the environment, the health, the animals, but also with people, you know. Um, when, when you approach someone about veganism or living a plant-based lifestyle, um, it's very easy to come across as very preachy or very aggressive. So uh, I like to... I, I used to be like very negative about it and very aggressive, but um, I... I've, I've made the switch to become a more positive, a more approachable person so that when people see what I'm doing, you know, they will, they will, get ins- they will hopefully get inspired with what I do and the way I live. And, um, um, and, and apart from just being a more, uh, living a more compassionate lifestyle in terms of um, that aspect, there's also, uh, I'm, I'm uh, more, uh, I would say, I've met more people in the green community in Singapore, which I've never learned mm. about, like living a plastic, uh, zero waste lifestyle, yeah. uh, use less plastic, about buying fair trade and um, um, supporting all, all those type of ethical, sustainable industries. So um, living a plant-based lifestyle, vegan lifestyle is important. It's a part of who I am, but there's also a whole other aspect about living a more compassionate lifestyle to, to help... Um, help the world be a, a less cruel place and uh yeah more positivity bring more positivity to the world i love it thanks cool. dude no problem man cool. enjoy enjoyed it awesome stuff there with riza i definitely encourage you to check him and his mom out on instagram at the vegan mom and son that's mum m-u-m um not uh, m-o-m like we spell it back in the u.s um just awesome place uh th- their last post i'm looking at it here is just some killer black bean brownies uh that they had told me about in their uh they j- it just looks insane so definitely check them out on instagram and if you are local to singapore uh, and you want to order some baked goods from them, uh, sg.carousel.com slash makes is where you can do that. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle. And I give you all the tools, 
all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. <music>